Welcome back to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Today is Friday, May 29th, and on today's episode, we're going to be demystifying common airline passenger misperceptions about cabin air using a modern airliner, the Airbus A220, as an example. But first, I wanted to let our listeners know that we have officially announced our online Global Connected Aircraft Cabin Chats, which will be occurring the week of June 22nd, and we already have some great speakers confirmed. Check out our website for access to the agenda. It is free to register for airlines and free to register for all through June 5th. After June 5th, airlines are still free, but there will be a registration fee for all non-airlines after that. So check out www.gcasummit.com for all of the details on that. This week, I had the chance to catch up with the chief engineer of the Airbus A220 program. And for those that do not know, Airbus officially opened its A220 production hangar in Mobile, Alabama as part of its A320 production facility there that's been there for a few years. The headquarters for the A220 program is in Mirabel, Quebec, not far from Montreal. We wanted to use this interview to explain how cabin air on a modern airplane is kept fresh and clean for passengers as passengers slowly start to get back on airplanes. A lot of airlines have been sending out videos and messaging about how they are changing the way they clean their airplanes. Some such as JetBlue are even requiring masks on board. Others such as Delta have even formed partnerships with companies like Clorox to enhance their cleaning procedures. So felt like this would be a great time to just provide a basic understanding of how this works. And we also discussed some of the newer technologies on the A220 as well as how the Airbus team in Maribel has continued to work through the pandemic. So let's get into today's discussion. If you could just first give us a little bit of introduction to your uh, job title and role with the Airbus A220 program. Okay, well, first of all, thank you, Woodrow, for the invitation for this podcast. As you mentioned, my name is Jean-François Parent. I'm the chief engineer and the head of engineering of the E220 program uh, at Airbus Canada here in Mirabel, just up north of, of Montreal. So in that role, I'm in charge of all the engineering for the, uh, for the E220 program since uh, t- 2016, just at the start of the entry into service of the Dash 100 aircraft as well as just before the certification of the Dash 300. Uh, in that role here, I'm uh, responsible for the engineering in the um, facility in Mirabel to support the production and in-service, as well as development of uh, modification and uh, future uh, change to the aircraft, as well as the support of the production people as well, supporting the new Alabama uh, mobile file that just opened a few days ago. I wanted to catch up with you because uh, we have been seeing a lot of sort of, you know, as, as airline passengers get back into cabins and start flying, um, there's been a lot of sort of, you know, you'll see images of passengers in cabins and they're close together. And and a lot of those replies to those images, you'll see kind of mischaracterizations of how air, circulate, air circulation works within an airliner cabin. So I really wanted to catch up with you to try to explain this to people in kind of, you know, a way that they can understand. Uh, now, if, if we, you know, look at an Airbus A220-100, for example, um, you know, 
how does the cabin air stay you know fresh in there for passengers how do you all keep it clean and can you kind of you know explain to us how the air is circulated from the outside through the engines and, and into okay. the cabin? Yeah, so first of all, maybe keeping in mind that at first, the, the aircraft has to take care of the safety from both the uh, the flight safety, the pressurization, and the temperature. So when you fly at 35,000 feet altitude, uh, you're in cruise, and the air is very, very dry, and also the temperature is very, very cold outside. So we have to have a system that takes the outside air, but also uh, transform it and mix it with the air from the cabin so that the temperature, pressure, and oxygen and, and humidity content is, is of quality for the passenger. So for sure, all Airbus aircraft are designed to comply with the air witness regulation to provide the highest level of quality in the air cabin, but also to prevent air contamination under the normal operating condition. E220 is the same. Um, clean air has always been a priority in our cabin design. So, as you mentioned, the aircraft is designed with a mixture of fresh air drawn from the outside of the of the cabin, and also which is mixed with air that has passed through extremely efficient filters that remove particles in the air down to the size of microscopic bacteria and virus clusters. The, these filters are called EPA, high efficiency particulate arresters, and they have been shown by test to provide air that meets the standard set for hospital operating rooms. So they can filter more than 99.9% of the particles, including the relatively big one, which is worth having to deal with right now with the coronavirus. So, Okay, I'm saying well, if I want to go a bit more in details on the on the 220, so all the aircraft is equipped with the EPA filter, and we have also a recirculation system that is, as mentioned, used to mix the air, the fresh air from outside, with the air from the cabin. Um, this is done in function of to ensure we have a superior air quality in the cabin and the, the cockpit, while we minimize the fuel consumption operating cost and the environmental impact. So there is also a selection that can be made in the cockpit from the from the crew that can select 100% fresh airflow in certain circumstances they, if they like to. But usually uh, we have a mix of between 25 and 40% of, uh, of uh, recirculation air versus 75 to 60% of fresh air from the, uh, from the outside. And so it's a mixture of recirculated and fresh air, and, and you mentioned you, you have controls over it. Now, let, I just want to kind of take a step back for those in the audience that are listening and, and you know, some who, who may get on an airliner soon. The, the fresh air from the outside, so if we're at 35,000 feet in cruise, where is that air from the outside going through? It, it comes through the engines, and, and as I understand, um, you know, go through goes through compressors in the engines. Can you talk about that process a little bit as well, just to kind of bring it all all around for for you know people who are getting on on airline passengers? That fresh air from the outside, how does it go through the engines and then through that HEPA filter before it comes into the cabin? Actually, the um, the fresh air doesn't go to the HEPA filter; it just goes straight to uh, from the engine, as you mentioned. It becomes through the bleed system. It comes and it has been also um, 
thermally, uh, let's say, compensated with exchange of hot, hot air, so exchange of hot air from the engine, so that this way the air coming in the in the cabin is not too cold and neither not too warm as well. So just as a, as a fresh a fresh level of air, it comes after that from the top of the cabin. Uh, from the top of the overhead bin, as well as on, from the, the, the gas purse. So if you recall when you're seated, we all have a small control of a gas per of air that is open for each of the passengers in, in some of the aircraft. This is the case on the E220. So the fresh air is coming from there as well, uh, mixed with the uh, with the one from the EPA. But to, to answer your first question, the air comes from the engine area, is through the bleed system, then it's thermally controlled, and then sent to the uh, to the air air management system to be mixed with the recirculated air coming from the EPA, and then this is distributed, as mentioned, from the top of the cabin going down, and the recirculation or the extraction is done from the floor, so beside the uh, the cabin wall from the floor going down to the underfloor of the of the aircraft and then being either exhausted or sent to the recirculation so system. It. If you're getting on an air, you know, a, a modern airliner like the A220, uh, this is essentially how you as the airline passenger are, you know, you're, you're not within an, an aircraft Petri dish as a lot of people like to describe it. You're actually breathing pretty fresh air. Now, can you tell us, is it, is it, sort of every few minutes that this fresh air is pumped in or or is it sort of every 30 seconds or is there like a specific time interval that airbus uses in its cabins actually the uh, it is a constant flow of fresh air from outside as mentioned before between the 75 to 60 percent but if you if you look at the full volume of the cabin uh, the full volume is refreshed with the with the new air every three to five minutes, and this is a standard uh, based from the regulator. So we have to uh, we have to meet. And considering that the A220 is a newer airplane technologically, um, are there any innovative technological advancements featured on the airplane that have helped to improve the circulation of fresh and clean air in, in the A220 cabin? Yeah, actually, the EPA filter that we have on the 220 include an additional uh, component, which we call active media, which is there and it is hel it's helping removing the odor and particles in the air down to the size of microscopic bacteria and various clusters. So I'm sure you have flown sometimes in other aircraft type where you can smell uh, uh, some odors sometimes in the, in the uh, air conditioning. Well, with that type of filter and active media on the 220, we have reduced this uh, this additional uh, odor that can come in the cabin, which is uh, which is one of the uh, additional feature. The other thing also we have, which is not available on all aircraft, is the control for the quantity of fresh air to go to 100% fresh air versus using the recirculation uh, uh, system. So some other aircraft don't have this uh, capability of select 100% fresh air. And, and that selection of 100% fresh air, is, th is that just it's a pretty simple switch or cockpit system that, that the pilot controls from the cockpit and, and can kind of uh, control or manipulate that at any point throughout the flight? 
Yeah, actually, it's a, it's a PBE in the cockpit overhead panel, and it's just selecting the recirculation fan. So when the fan is off, then there is no recirculation air that goes in the system, and then all the fresh air is coming in. And when the, the push button is pressed and the fan is started, and then you start to, to do the mixture of the, uh, of the fresh air and the, uh, the reused air. Right. And, you know, considering that, like, like we said, the, the A220 uh, production factory in the U.S. just opened uh, not too long ago. Um, as you've, you know, Airbus sees more passengers start to get back on Airbus airliners, are there any efforts you're taking specifically? You know, we, we know Airbus is focused on producing and manufacturing the airplane and servicing it. But are there any efforts Airbus has taken to help customers just to kind of assure passengers that, yes, you know, you are breathing fresh air in the cabin or any ways that you all are assisting with, you know, an increased disinfection or sanitization efforts? Well, actually, as you know, the, uh, the aircraft industry is a, is a wide, uh, it's a wide industry and uh, somebody, a passenger coming in at the airport, starting from when he leaves his car in the parking lot until he sits in the aircraft. Uh, he has to go through a lot of, of uh, gate and security and waiting and all that. So all this needs to be taken into account from the, uh, from the customer standpoint, being the operator or the, the passenger itself. So all the, the good health practice that we have been told in the last few weeks and months have to be used in the aircraft, but also before. So for example, to ensure safe travel, we have to look at different layers of, of protection that we have to, uh, to put in place. For example, the same thing we do on ground, which is washing hands, wearing masks, kneeling in elbows. All those rules will, would apply at the airport, through the, through the custom lane, as well as in the aircraft. Uh, ourselves, Airbus, as an aircraft manufacturer, we ensure that the air is clean in the aircraft. This is already per design, and we are providing the information to our to our customer to make sure that they change the filter at the proper uh, proper interval, which is the 7,500 hours for our EPA filter on 220. Also, the airline has to take care of the decontamination of, of the materials itself between flights to avoid contaminating the, the next traveler, for example, uh, in, the, in the washroom or in the seat on the, or the, the table. Also, the other thing I've seen that the airliner or the wing is removing the, uh, all the, the magazine from the literature pocket to avoid the contamination from the one passenger to the next one. Uh, at the airport, uh, scanning the people before boarding to make sure that uh, they're answering a question there and also maybe temperature measurement. I've seen that also in some of the airliner. Uh, for sure, and wash again before boarding and at the seat and reminding the crew uh, to take care of that, as well as the, the luggage. So we have had some discussion about the carry-on luggage versus uh, checking them in. So there is an airliner that thinks about that. So as you can see, there's an overall list of um, area or um, procedure that needs to, to be taking place, and they are actually being uh, put in place right now by the industry to ensure that the, the passenger can fly safely. And at the end, um, here at Airbus, we're providing the guidance and input to the authorities about finding the smartest way forward. 
uh, it's an industry topic and we are trying to play a role into it. Certainly is. And it's, like I said, it's really good to be able to catch up with you and, and kind of break this down so that everybody can understand it. Now, it's not every day that, you know, we get to talk to the chief engineer of the A220 program. So I have to take the opportunity to ask and talk to you about some of the great technology featured on that airplane. As we said, it's a, it's a newer one that Airbus took over from Bombardier in 2016. Um, We've talked about the cabin a little bit, but can you just tell us, you know, from from a pilot's perspective or even in the cockpit type of perspective, are there any newer, you know, innovative technologies that are featured on that airliner that weren't, you know, some in some of the older A320s or or even maybe the A320neo, but just looking at that A220 cockpit, what are some of the, you know, novel technologies that are featured in there that kind of help pilots with efficiencies? First of all, the uh, the E220 is the uh, is a flyby-wire aircraft, so that was a first for a Bombardier, as you mentioned, which uh, designed the aircraft and now is a, an Airbus product. So our, the the, the flyby-wire is a very 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 important feature of this cockpit. Also, the uh, the avionics that we have in this cockpit with the the five huge displays that are uh, also manageable through through selection. Can give uh, any pilot uh, the, uh, the, con- the the vision of what the information they need to have. Also, very large uh, synaptic pages for each of the systems being available. Um, uh, we are now also a certified uh, Autoland Cap3 capable, so really the latest uh, standard for the for the avionic. We also have an optional adapt display, which is uh, shown to be very very uh, useful and very uh, being a very good feedback from our customers about the usage of the adapt display as well in some uh, in some of the area where they're using it so those are the main feature from the uh, from the cockpit standpoint in general for additional new technology on the 220 uh, we have an electrical uh, brake system which is a uh, kind of also very new in the industry there's only uh, one other uh, uh, aircraft that has that as a standard uh, standard uh, system, which is the 787. So that was a new technology we've put on, and as well we've used a lot of uh, uh, composite material and advanced material to reduce the, the weight of the aircraft. And uh, we have the GTF engine from Pratt and Whitney, which is uh, producing uh, a lot less noise, less uh, CO2, and also uh, the consumption is very very reduce versus the previous uh, previous aircraft and engine. So those will be in and yeah. Okay. No, no, I was go saying ahead. that Please those finish. are the highlight of the uh, of the let's say the difference in technology of the 220 versus the previous single aircraft. And, you know, I, I do also have to ask, as, as the chief engineer of the A220 program, you mentioned you are, you know, you, you are kind of running the facility there from an engineering point of view in, in uh, Mirabel. Let me ask you this, you know, considering the type of technologies that are, are that are featured on that airplane, it's a more digital airplane, you know, I mean, it's, it's software-based updates that you guys are doing instead of, you know, kind of pure looking at it as a pure analog airplane. How does that kind of change your perspective as a, as a chief engineer and looking at as it's entering in service now, it's gaining more operational hours and you're able to kind of study it from an engineering point of view and see 
where you can make updates, where you can make improvements. Um, can, can you just tell us that a little bit? How, how does that, the inherent, you know, kind of digital nature of that airplane change it from an engineering perspective for you as it goes forward? Well, actually, it's a, you raise a very good point. Software is there, and it's a lot more present in the 220 than it was on the previous uh, previous aircraft. Also, interaction between systems. But one of the main features is being able to uh, upload software now of different systems through the central avionic uh, system. So it ease a lot uh, upgrade in service of, of software. If we have a, a new version of the... Uh, I don't know of the fuel computer, and we need to do an update. Then we can uh, we can upload it to uh, to the central avionic system. In the good old days, you had to go and uh, crawl in the avionic bay and remove the computer, disconnect it, and uh, replace it with a new part number and uh, reinstall it. Well, in the days now of the software and the, the way we are organized here on the 220, you can upload the new software with the, the proper check and balance for from the safety standpoint, make sure the configuration is the right one and so on. But the, this can all be done through the avionic system, which is a lot the operation in service for the operator, especially when the fleet is growing. At the start, when you only have few aircraft, those type of upgrades are not really uh, painful for the operator. But when you start to have 100 and more aircraft in service, uh, any update like that, that we would like to have very fast deployed because Usually we do those updates to either improve the product or improve some uh, some of the, uh, the dispatch uh, reliability uh, that we may have issues at the start of the pro uh, program. So to go fast in service with those fixes is is, uh, is a very important. So this is a key feature that we have in this aircraft. Right, right. And before we let you go, I do have to ask, you know, considering we're all, a lot of people in the industry are working from home right now, um, how are you all from the A220 program kind of working through this COVID-19 pandemic? Have, have some of your staff had to work from home? Are you all, you know, wearing masks at the facilities? How has it kind of changed your work from an operational point of view? Well, first thing we had to, uh, to comply with the regulation of the uh, Quebec government here, which is uh, driving the, uh, the, the, the law in, here in Quebec. So, uh, People on the production floor, they had to look at uh, all the all the way of working the station, and there's been some change being made and make sure that we keep the, uh, the distance, the social distancing, as they call it. So this has been put in place. Uh, yes, a lot of the people that can do teletravail are actually operating from uh, from teletravail since uh, would say the third week of March, and we're just restarting uh, yesterday with a small amount of people coming back to the offices. As you know, today with the technology, as we do right now, this interview on the phone and, and through WebEx, uh, the same thing is, is capable for all our, all our meetings. So teams are working through uh, WebEx and Skype and, uh, and all those uh, features doing their meetings remotely, using a lot of the internet and uh, hoping that the the global network will uh, will survive all those requests because, as you know, a lot of people are into teletravail those days. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. 
If you have suggestions for topics we should focus on in upcoming episodes, the easiest way to reach out to me is on Twitter at WBellamy3AC. Or you can also find my email address in the description of this podcast episode as well. If you are listening to us on Apple iOS devices, please leave a rating or comment for us there as well, as it greatly helps us to improve the episodes moving forward. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast.